Most entrepreneurs miss out on opportunities due to lack of leadership or not knowing how to connect with the right people. They struggle keeping their sales pipeline full and booking qualified leads. On Business Leaders Network, you will learn from experts who will give you tactical tools and strategies to help you grow as a leader and how to keep your sales pipeline full, increasing your bottom line. Now, here is your host of Business Leaders Network with your strategic business success coach, J.R. Spear. What is going on, everyone? My name is JR, and I am your host on the Business Leaders Network show. And every week, we want to come live to give you guys tools, tips, and strategies that can help you guys grow in leadership, sales, marketing, systems, processes, and finances. So if you guys are a small business owner and you're looking for true growth and connections, we would love to have you part of our community. So you can join us by going to www.blncommunity.com. That's www.blncommunity.com, where our mission is to build a community of servant leaders. So if you are a servant leader and you are someone that wants to connect and grow your business, especially leading in to 2024, then this is going to be the place for you. Wherever we go live, we give you masterclass training. We give you networking tra- opportunities to be able to connect with other industry leaders and servant leaders to help you guys grow and connect. So just go to blncommunity.com. And if you have not grabbed a copy of my book, The Success Guide to Building Your Coaching Empire, you can do so by going to jrspear.com. It looks just like this. Grab a copy, order your book, and then inside of the book, I go through four non-negotiable tasks that you need to do daily that's going to help you guys grow your guys' business, what I call your daily pile. So these are four things that you could do every single day, implement them, put them part of your routine, and build and grow your business. Go to jrspear.com. And lastly, if you guys missed our last event that we just had in Orlando, Florida, our BLN Live Mastermind, it was off the charts. We rented a mansion, had about 45 people there, had amazing speakers just going back-to-back, great time for networking, growth, and strong connections. And uh, it was just an opportunity that everyone that attended left completely changed, inspired, and ready to grow. And you have another opportunity to come to our Entrepreneur Summit, which is going to be January 18th and 19th in the Washington, D.C. area. We have limited seats available because of uh, the space that we have. But you can get a you can grab your ticket today by going to blnlive.com. And if you sign up now before the end of November for our Black Friday special, I'm going to be giving you guys four free months of our uh, to our BLN membership community. So go grab a ticket. You can either grab the general ticket, grab a VIP ticket. With the purchase of your ticket, you're going to get four free months of our membership, which is for new members only, and love to have you part of our community. So go to blnlive.com, grab a copy of your ticket. Once you do, then we will add in four months membership to our community. Love to have you guys there. All right, today we have a very special guest. His name is Ty Shane, and his life story is a testament to the human spirit's resilience and capacity for transformation. He's gone from being homeless to a college student, faced the darkness, sorry, faced the darkness of addiction and emerged as a beacon of healing. He knows what it's like to be an in, in, you know, incarcerated and more importantly, liberated. Ty Shane's passion for change in a world often shrouded in darkness led him to harness the power of marketing to create a profound impact in the lives of others. He's living proof that through pain, one can truly become. All right, Mr. Shane, so glad to have you here, man. Thanks, JR. It's great to be here. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm excited for this because I've only heard little small pieces of your story, and I'm excited for you to go more in depth on your story, but also uh, not, not even just about your story, but also how you're able to go from you know the brokenness of hell that you've been through almost your whole life to what you're doing today to really start 
and uh, you know, in your business and you're in the beginning phase of your business. But one thing I love about you is your faith and your resilience. And uh, one of our, our core values, which is creed, it's a commitment, resilience, excellence, execution and discipline. And you exemplify a lot of those different things. And you're just so hungry to go out there and not even just to you know build for you to make money and whatever, because we all know that's part of that we need to make a living. But seriously, you're you're you you exemplify our, our what we want for our mission, which is being a servant leader, and which is why I wanted you on here. So I was like, you know what, I wanted I want you to come on here, really tell people your story, and to really <laughs> inspire others and uh, what you're building. And so hopefully we can get your message out there and uh, hear what you're doing to make an impact. So let's kind of start from the beginning. Let's t- let's go back to your childhood and. You know, kind of what did, what did your upbringing look like? What did what did it look like? Kind of stepping into the life of Ty Shane. So, <clears throat> my my, I guess like my life battle up until uh, a few years ago was addiction, and so my my birth mom was only thirteen when she had me, and she had me for four years, and so it was just a whole situation. Um, her mom ended up abandoning her for those years. And so, uh, when I was four years old, BCFS took me away and then I was adopted right before I was six years old. And so, um, basically I internalized a lot of those experiences as a child would, which means I didn't know what was going on. And that's what my addiction basically was rooted in was in those experiences and that sense of abandonment. And then, you know, circle back around at 29, it's like, oh, my goodness, that was God's greatest, you know, gift being taken away, you know, just because uh, she was doing the best she could, but she was just a kid. Well, when I was adopted, it was a Mormon family. Um, so, I mean, it was a, definitely a good household. Um, they weren't equipped. Um but my, my birth family, that was just a whole broken mess. Um, and so definitely a huge contrast. And so it definitely makes sense when you look at it from that angle of like, oh, wow, like you're blessed. But like inside, I didn't actually connect the dots on like, oh, wow, being taken away, not being with my birth mom is actually a blessing that it's nothing against her either. That's with pure compassion and, and understanding. Have you have you ever reconnected with your birth mom? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That that that's when my basically that's that's right around the spark of where my sobriety started, and that was when I was twenty nine. And it's funny because the only birthday I've ever spent with her was my twenty ninth birthday, and like her email is Tiffany. It, she has twenty nine twenty nine in her email because it's her favorite number and. That's when we ended up being reunited. She never thought that she would see me again. And so that was at 29. And it was about nine months later that I got sober. And so that that shifted the entire perspective. So meeting her was required. It was necessary for me in order in order for me to get that closure and that, you know, that healing that I needed um, based on my illogically, you know, embedded beliefs. Um, which is just crazy how much as children we internalize and we, and we quote, quote, become when it's really just all external noise. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> so when so I want to take a step back a, a little bit because when you're when you're going through this uh your your childhood your whole entire upbringing even into your adulthood, you know you were incarcerated for a little while and you got in some trouble hanging around with a lot of people. I mean, where was your mindset when it came to just future and hope and like your environment of the people that you're around? I mean, were you surrounded around big thinkers or were you surrounded around people that were getting in trouble doing the same things that you were doing? I mean, what what did that what did your whole environment look like? So there's one thing I can attest from my experience from being in addiction, being homeless, to being in a homeless shelter, to being in a halfway house, to being in a re inpatient rehab, to being in a, um, just normal housing is environment is absolutely everything. And throughout that journey, um, the, the thing about it is, so basically most of my 20s, I was incarcerated. And so if you're the sum of the five people that you're around the most and you interact with the most, when you're in an environment like that, that's not really cultivating um, much more out of you rather than giving you the, the basic, you know, needs for survival. And so um, when you're in that kind of an environment, it's a, it's a lot more difficult to make progress because it's like I, I give you all the tools you need for financial success, but then I force you to go be by five really bad financial, you know, uh, decision makers, the chances of you being able to, uh, you know, implement that new financial, you know, knowledge is going to be, um, it's going to be reduced severely because that you don't have, you can't look to that anywhere or see it, you see the opposite. So it's kind of the same concept with that. Um, but little minds, my mind was little, my prefrontal cortex got developed like that out of everything that I've learned from justice reform and everything um, associated with my past experience experiences is the impact of the prefrontal cortex, because now I can actually look forward. I can, I can, you know, play the tape through. Um, I, I'm, I have a fully functional brain now. And that was about probably around like 27 years old. That something clicked and I started to see things differently. And so come to find out that is actually uh, actually a really big key piece. Um, and, you know, being a, a male is that later development. Women develop earlier than the men do. So. But, so when was yeah. the, when, when was the point in your life when you were going through that where you made that switch and you're like, you know what? I know when it came with it, with meeting your biological mother and stuff like that. But when was that one switch in your, your mind where you're like saying, hey, you know what? I don't want this lifestyle. I want change. Was it when you were incarcerated? Was it after? Was it before? Was there a special person that came into your life to help mentor you and guide you along? What was that shift? Oh, so that's a whole process. But basically, eight days, seven days before I met my birth mom, I was doing drugs. And I was very deep into addiction. And my car was about to get repoed. My phone just got shut off. And I was literally staring life at, at, two, at a fork in the road. There's only two directions. Do something extreme and do something different and get, get out of the situation. Or I'm end up losing my car. I'm on drugs. It's going to put me in survival mode. And I already know where I'm going to end up next after that. And so I had just gotten in contact with my birth mom. And so um, about like what, like six months earlier. And so that was my way out. And so I just literally up and left one night. All I had was $13 to my name. And so in hindsight, this is now why I believe in God so much is I only had $13 to my name and I wait, I overdrafted my, my bank card went negative just to fill my tank up. 
started driving off. We started driving towards Kentucky. This is like 8.30 p.m. on Saturday night. And I just knew I had to start. I had to go. I, like I told you, that fork, I, I, it's played through enough times now where I already know where it's going. And I just drove up to Park City and then started driving through Wyoming. And um, uh, I did these little little audit apps, little app, uh, like audit app things. Uh, yeah, I just did these little things on apps that will pay you like $8, $8 per Walmart. And I just hopped Walmarts across country and did these little apps, um, these little audits. Um, and so um, I didn't have what I needed, but I left and I just kept putting the next foot in front of the other. And I ended up getting out there. And day five of seven of this journey, I got my phone turned back on, turned back on. And my first phone call was Ohio State uh, uh, admissions. And so that's, so like when I left, I left just not to go back to prison. Now, five days later, I'm calling admissions to college because throughout that drive, I kept seeing the Ohio State University, the Ohio State University, the Ohio State University. And so it got like embedded in my brain. I'm like, hey, maybe I go to college. And so literally eight days after putting drugs down, I was in admissions at the Ohio State University. And that's where my college, you know, started. But it, it's not one moment. It's a series of moments. But then it's like as I get more educated and I get more, you know, quote, unquote, enlightened um, and more aware of myself as I go through my journey, I can look back in hindsight and I can see these experiences in a completely different angle and a completely different lens um, than how I perceived it in the moment, which goes back to being a child. When you're a kid, you have this lens and then you grow up and you have to untangle that entire lens that you live for, you know, 12 to 18 years. But, so you're kind of unique. So that it doesn't sound like there was any one particular person that pushed you to do it. You just kind of went through and be like, you know what? I need to grow up and, and be a man and make the make the shift of my own. Is that kind of how it happened? Well, it it, it was a I guess the wanting to meet my birth mom is when what like two days in. Like, listen, on that drive, like, I ran out of gas. I was in this light little snowstorm in Wyoming. And, like, I'm waiting for these apps to pay me. Like, that whole entire journey um, really uh, – can you repeat your question real quick? Yeah. What was your question? I said, was there a specific person – that actually influenced you to want to make that change? Or was it you personally just saying, hey, you know what? I want to get out of the mess that I'm in and I'm going to do it. Because yeah, for yeah. me, it's like, you know, we always have different people that come into our lives that that push us or encourage us along the way. And when we're talking about environment, we're talking about the people that we're influenced by. I'm always curious about like, man, you know, what was that big push? It was your mother, but it sounds like you, you consciously made that choice yourself saying, hey, you know what? I have two directions to go. I'm going to do it. Very few people actually do that themselves. I mean, yes, we all have to make the choice on our own, but usually there's someone that pushes us along the way to be able to get to where we want to go. And I was just curious to know if, if there was a specific person in your life that, that impacted you to get. Well, to it's like at. those, it's those moments, but it is those people, because listen, even if I push through here and I'm the one who got myself to from point A to point C, there's someone here to help me at point C to help me, help me get a point to C point five. Or to, yeah. to D. Like, it doesn't matter how much legwork I put in. Like, that's where I see God. Like, God works through people. And it's like iron sharpens iron. And so, 
it's just i it doesn't matter like my journey like the whole like self-made or anything like that like at the end of the day like it doesn't matter where i put effort in it's an accumulative you know journey where if i if, if this hadn't happened and this person hadn't done this then it wouldn't have mattered if i had done all this it would have been for nothing you know and yeah. so um i can't take credit and and i i'm very i try to be very conscious now too of just like the power of god in my life blows my mind and yeah. the miracles in my life sometimes i i have to really sit in it just to be like oh wow like this is really happening right now. Like these are my new problems. These are my new challenges. And so, yeah, but people have helped me along the way. I've had spiritual mentors, entrepreneurial mentors, you know, I've had, you know, and these mentors have just been maybe little spurts and little interactions and whatever it is. But throughout my entire journey, it's through other people that I find inspiration from insight from, you know, just hearing other people talk about what's happening in their business. It's like, Oh wow. Okay. What I'm dealing with is nothing. And so, like, let's get over it. <laughs> That's really cool. Hey, you know what? We we got to get going to our first break. But before we do, I just want to you know pre, you know prepare our, our our audience and our listeners, just saying, hey, you know what? Here's a guy that has went through pretty much hell growing up. That has been through some of the deepest troubles and uh, you know issues and you know different things that he had to learn how to overcome to be able to get to where he's at today. So we heard a little bit about a story, but if you guys missed it. Make sure you guys go back, listen to the repeat replay of it, and then uh, stay tuned for when we come back from this break where we want to dive in to hear a little bit more about what he's doing. And then we're going to go through some of the processes that can definitely help you guys as a small business owner to really make some movements to generate those leads inside of your business. So stay tuned, and we'll be back here after a minute. Most entrepreneurs miss out on opportunities due to lack of leadership or not knowing how to connect with the right people or the right customers. They struggle keeping their sales pipeline full and booking qualified leads. What would your business look like if you had a team to support you referring your ideal clients who are excited and ready to buy? Business Leaders Network is a mastermind networking community where we focus on education, learning from industry leaders, networking, and building real connections. You can learn more by visiting businessleadersnetworking.com or by tuning into our weekly show with your strategic business success coach, J.R. Spear, on Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, 12 p.m. Pacific, on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com this is business leaders network with jr spear to participate in the program join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com you can also send an email to grow at businessleadersnetworking.com now back to the program 
Hey, welcome back, everyone. My name is JR, and I am your host on the Business Leaders Network show. And every week we go live where we teach you guys on leadership, sales, marketing, systems, processes, and finances. Super excited about having you guys here on our show as we have our very special guest, Ty Shane, learn a little bit more about his story, but also what is he doing to make a difference and impact in the world. And so if you guys missed the first part of the show, make sure you guys go back and you guys can listen to hear his upbringing, what his resilience that led him to where he's at today. And then moving forward, what we're going to be hearing about what he's doing now to make an impact. But if you guys have not checked out our community, where Ty Shane is a, a proud member to be part of, where you guys can connect with him, learn from him, and grow alongside as he makes an impact to help other people, you can go to blncommunity.com. That's blncommunity.com. And if you guys have not checked out our next live event, you can go to blnlive.com, where we're going to be showcasing Showcasing 10 amazing, 11 amazing speakers at our next DC event, January 18th and 19th. And we love for you guys to be there. So go to blnlive.com, grab your ticket, and we hope to see you there. All right, Ty, uh, Ty we had talked a little bit about your upbringing and, and, you know, all the adversities that you have been through as a child to help lead you to where you're at today and the decisions of commitment and resilience to be able to get you to where you're at. Now, why don't you explain a little bit about what uh, what you're doing now and what led you to be able to start doing what uh, what you're offering? So I'm in I'm in marketing, and what led me to marketing is I dropped out of college as a sociology major, and so what led me to sociology was my journey of like internal self development. So I had to learn about myself because the only way out of addiction is from within. And so it was kind of a, and then what led me into, yeah. And so, um, and, and the self-development journey was happening while I was studying molecular genetics at college. And so um, that shift was kind of a process, but it comes down to like, uh, you know, human behavior. And so consumer behavior um, is just a different, just a different context of a bunch of other psychological principles. Um, and so that's what, originally attracted me to marketing. Um, and so, and I started to become invested in Grant Cardone. And so a lot of the, uh, he brought marketing to my attention. And so um, that's when that journey started. Um, and so specifically right now, I'm focusing on email marketing, cold outreach and um, yeah. So tell us the importance of marketing when it comes to small business owners. What, why is it important for someone to do marketing? But more specifically, why is it important for someone to focus on email marketing? Um, so, I mean, I, I think of it like this because one of the fun debate, debates is um, what's more important, sales or marketing? And so obviously marketing, um, it, marketing without any sales skills is that going to bring in the revenue? But then sales without any marketing skills, is that going to bring in the revenue? <clears throat> and so um, marketing is how people find out about your business. It's on a basic function like searchability, um, just, you know, um, bare basic minimums. Um, but then it's also how you appeal and how you speak to um, your, your potential clients or customers. And so, um, when it comes to email marketing, it's a matter of getting in front of the right decision makers and the you know persons within a business or organization that you know are in charge of whatever your offer would be. Um, if they're that decision maker, so if you're doing something on marketing, so me for example, um, if I were to reach out to an eight-figure agency, I would 
probably looks for the marketing director. Um, and so it's just a matter of getting in front of the right person, obviously at the right time that they even need what you have. Um, but it's prefaced by building a relationship and having some sort of a, a humanized interaction versus just this straight transactional in your inbox, give me your money, let me sell you this and throw this spaghetti at you. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I always tell I always try to tell people saying if no one knows who you are, then no one's gonna know who you are. No one's gonna buy from you. So it's Obscurity. like okay, if you're not gonna do any, yeah, if you're not gonna do any marketing at all to be able to go out there and do it. And here here's the silly part. I can't tell you how many people that I know that want to start a business or they're currently running their business, but they, they don't want to do any of the work to actually get their name out there. So it's like, hey, you know what? People are just gonna come, you know. If God wants to build it, then he's gonna bring the people in here, then they wonder why they're struggling. They wonder why they feel stuck. But if you want to build a business, we got to figure out like what we, what we can do to help get our name out there to make us aware. And I want to give an example. It's like because you, you pointed out when you were you know when you were at that fork of the road and you had to make a choice going left or right. And you're making it to Ohio and you kept seeing signs, probably billboard after billboard or sign after sign saying, "Hey, you know, going you know, join the school or whatever it may be that you went to." I mean, well, every time we go to the beach with my family, it's like we see billboard after billboard after billboard about. Lawyer, 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 like divorcing or whatever it may be. But you kind of know who that lawyer is. Like, oh, yeah, you, I need to call this lawyer if I have an issue with this. Or I, I want to go to this restaurant because you just saw it over and over again. And some people might see it as a waste. But truth is, we, we got to be omnipresent. We got to be everywhere. We get, people need to know who we are, what we do. Because if we're just going to sit back and hope and pray, like you said, throw spaghetti at the wall, but just kind of pray that people are going to come. Reality is they may not ever come. So we got to do everything well, we can to be able to get it out there. Well, no, you're 100% right. Because even since I've met you um, and I've become part of the community and I got to know other people um, simultaneously as well, I have been being challenged on my own my own part on putting myself out there. And so like I my my yeah, so uh, 100%, 100%, yeah. 100%. Cause it's just like an email too. It doesn't matter. You could have a, a Willy Wonka's golden ticket, but if it doesn't actually get in front of somebody's eyes, does it have any value? All right. So it brings me to my next question. Is email marketing dead? Absolutely not. No, it's not. <clears throat> uh, it's not, it's not dead. I send, um, I'm booking appointments. I'm getting appointments booked almost every day uh, for people that I'm working with. Um, it's just a matter of how you approach it. Um, it's more easily accessible. It's more easily accessible now than ever before to to, to mass produce um, emails, and so that does affect that landscape. But it's not dead. It's about um, taking it seriously, um, not being spammy, and not being salesy. <clears throat> yeah. So, so when it comes to that, I want you to share, cause I know you shared some of the, some client success stories. Why don't you share us one of your best client success stories? Um, my favorite so far is for a SaaS company that focuses on increasing customer engagement. And so they have a product, um, for dental, dental offices, and it basically interacts, uh, with you know, the patients on a more personal level um, through video, SMS, and, and email. <clears throat> and it informs them, most importantly of everything, informs them more about things. Um, so there's less confusion and more understanding, less Googling things. And so we 
booked 16 appointments in 28 days with less than 2,000 leads. And, you know, the, the leads the leads game, that wasn't bad at all. Um, and so that's, that's just a good use case because it's a software um, that, you know, obviously if the practice doesn't know about it, how are they going to use it? And so reaching out to them through email and making an offer and, and getting that meeting and booking that demo. Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat and email is just one of them. Do you have a process to get people on someone's email list or do, does someone typically established, you know, has an established list before you start working with them? It goes both ways. I, I mean, it, it goes both ways. It just comes down to the quality of the list. Uh, a mistake that I've made, of course, we all make mistakes, but the mistake I've made is targeting the wrong person, the person who can't make the actual decision. Which goes, which goes um, back to the understanding who your perfect client is, right? Yep. Yeah. So it just comes down to targeting. There's so many different lead sources and it just comes down to, because I think with email marketing is it, it's a, it, it's a big technical filter process. And then it's, then it comes down to your copy and your subject line and, and all the other stuff. So it's, um, and it's, and it's also getting harder. There's a lot of restrictions coming down. So it's going to become, uh, there's not going to be as many fish in the sea come February of next year for, for mass, for mass emails. Yeah. What, why is that? So Google and Microsoft are cracking down. And so it, 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 you have to be sending out mass volume for a, an account, but if you're sending over 5,000 emails a day from an account, you have to have a reported uh, spam percentage of less than 0.3%, so a third of a percent. Um, but I mean, even just like now dealing with Google Workspace, they'll they'll kick you out more than they would before. And even in, say, you have multiple cards that uh, or multiple accounts that are connected to the same card, it will connect those accounts and then it will make you do this whole process of re-verification and stuff. So there's a lot going on in that background because they're trying to prevent people from spamming. But what we do isn't spamming. It's, I mean, it's, it's reaching out to people just like you would call them, cold call them, which is sending an email instead. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for the insight of sharing that uh, email marketing is not dead. We're going to go to our next break. And when we do, when we come back from our break, I would love for you to like really open up your process. Like what are you doing now to really attract the clients to get them into uh, the email marketing world to nurturing them that helps them convert them over sales? Because I know when you start getting in there and talking about what you do, you get you geek out and go a little bit crazy about the excitement of what the process and what you do. So I'm excited about hearing about that, but sharing with the audience on how they can actually utilize email marketing as a strong tool to be able to nurture the relationship, to get them to want to buy to the services uh, for, for what they have to offer, especially leading into you know Black Friday promotions to Christmas specials and New Year promotions and things like that. It's a great time for people to really learn and understand. And if they don't want to do this yourself, then they can give uh, Ty Shane a call and see what you can do to help service and help them with uh, their email marketing and their services. So let's stay tuned. When we come back, we'll dive into a little bit about your processes and how they can leverage email marketing to help them grow. 
Most entrepreneurs miss out on opportunities due to lack of leadership or not knowing how to connect with the right people or the right customers. They struggle keeping their sales pipeline full and booking qualified leads. What would your business look like if you had a team to support you referring your ideal clients who are excited and ready to buy? Business Leaders Network is a mastermind networking community where we focus on education, learning from industry leaders, networking, and building real connections. You can learn more by visiting businessleadersnetworking.com or by tuning into our weekly show with your strategic business success coach, J.R. Spear, on Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, 12 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Business Leaders Network with J.R. Spear. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to grow at businessleadersnetworking.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, welcome back, everyone. My name is J.R., and I'm your host on the Business Leaders Network show, where every week we go live teaching you guys on leadership, sales, marketing, systems, processes, and finances. And I want to invite you guys to come as one of my special guests to one of our weekly calls where we have our master classes every Tuesdays. And every Wednesday, we have our networking call where we give you an opportunity to network and connect with other industry leaders. So if you guys are small business owners and you have a heart to serve, we would love to invite you to be part of our community. Just go to blncommunity.com. That's blncommunity.com. And we have our next live in-person event on January 18th and 19th in the Washington, D.C. area. So if you guys are hungry for connection and for growth and want to make 2024 your absolutely best year, you don't want to miss this event. We have an amazing lineup of awesome speakers, and one of them, our, our keynote speaker is Gene Early, who is one of the founders of, of NLP that's going to be able to help you guys grow and think bigger and implement and really take your business to the next level. Along with, we have uh, Angela Goodman, we have uh, Matt, we have, you know, you know, I'm speaking, we have Trista, you know, so many amazing speakers that are there to really help encourage you guys, but give you guys the tools that you need to be able to grow your guys' business. So go to BLN Live dot com blnlive.com and grab your ticket today if you sign up now for the event before the end of november i'm going to give you four free months access to our bln community so go to blnlive.com grab a copy of your ticket check out our speakers and love to see you guys there all right everyone we have been talking to mr ty shane about his story we've been talking about like how he got into marketing and talking about email marketing now i want to go through his actual process and formula that you guys can implement now to help you guys build and grow your guys' business. So Ty, thank you for being here and being vulnerable and opening it up about some of your story and, and what you're doing to really make an impact in the world. Appreciate you being here. 
Well, yeah, thanks for the opportunity. So when, yeah. it, when, it, when, it, comes to, when it comes to email marketing, um, and, and so specifically cold outreach, cold email marketing, um, it, it, it comes down to the, the software. So the process comes down to, in part, like a lot of technical. And so it's a matter of, of checking some boxes um, that further verify that you are a legitimate sender. And that, I mean, even, I mean, just telling you, just going through the time it takes to set up a lot of this is ridiculous. Spend a whole day setting up, you know, you know, uh, some, uh, a bunch of accounts. And so it's not a fun process. And so as long as you, uh, use the right software and you do the technicals, then it comes down to basically testing. Um, I mean, now you can't trust the metrics as much as you used to be able to because you'll get false um, red opens, false red clicks. That'll be like whatever the spam filters are in the background, checking out the email before it pushes it to their inbox. So, um, I mean, on, on on that level, it's it's evolving. It's they're 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 restricting um, access to you know mass outreach uh, more so than before. Um, and so, yeah, is there more specifics so, so around what, that? What are, what are the kind of, what are the kind of softwares that people need to use? Are you talking about like a CRM or email system or is there a software that scrapes and helps manage to keep things from spamming? So they have softwares now that are built specifically for cold outreach. So for example, like we use go high level, we have a white label. And so, but for that, I can't use that for cold outreach because it doesn't have the bells and whistles, the, you know, the handfuls of small bells and whistles that increase your deliverability by like, we're talking massive percentage percentage points. Um, and so there's like right now, industry leader is instantly.ai. I recently just switched from instantly.ai to smartly.ai because it has, it allows more transparency from like a client facing perspective. And so I wanted to be able to start being able to provide that. Um, and so uh, there, there's so many options out there um, for, for cold outreach. There's like upticks, U-P-T-I-C-S dot I-O. Um, and so, I mean, they're coming out, they're advancing, they're integrating with AI. There's Get Luna. So there's Luna.ai, and it will do a lot of the writing for you, the copy for you. I did a, I haven't used it like with any clients or for myself, but I ran a trial on it. And so it's just basically using chat GPT, their LinkedIn information, and maybe their website information, and then creates a personalized quick message. Because as well, too, as anybody knows, attention spans are shorter than ever. And it, while attention spans are also shortening, so uh, the access to inboxes is, you know, theoretically increasing. And so it's important to be very mindful of the attention span part, too, when you're initiating outreach. So kind of what might have worked maybe in more long form content in the past, you might want to, you know, shorten it down and be like, can this person read this in 10 to 15 seconds? And then um, from their response, then I can send them more information. Then I can send them something like here. So using a software can definitely help uh, track the progress of it. And you mentioned earlier in the first half of the show that we uh, need to watch, like you said, 5,000 emails at a time before you start getting looked at from Google and Bing or all these other search engines and things like that. Uh, what, what are some good practices that we should be watching when it comes to to doing email marketing like the 5,000? I mean, if there's a, 
a drip campaign? Is there a certain message that we should do first to try to get more click open rates before we start sending out promotions? Uh, give us that process of what some key things that we need to be watching when it comes to sending out to a cold outreach. Well, yeah, and what you said and their cold outreach because warm and cold are two different beasts. So it's important to understand that when you're approaching one or the other, that you're starting from two completely different starting points. Um, and so uh, with the cold outreach, um, wait, what was your question again? <laughs> so, so what, what are some good... warm outreach. No, no, you're good. So what are some good practices that we need to watch when it comes to sending out emails? Because in the first part of the show, you mentioned that we shouldn't send out more than 5,000 emails or else we can you know, get spammed and blocked and whatever. But what can we do to help increase the open rate, the click rate and the conversion of our emails? Well, it's not that you can't send 5,000 and that will happen. It's just that if you do, that they put you in a different tier now and they're going to treat your IP address differently um, than it did before you hit 5,000 in outbound based on what they've said. Um, but uh, basically, my best practice is no links, no images. When you're doing cold outreach, um, it's important to be respectful and mindful of their time. And as well, too, spam filters will look for, number one, the words you use. And then also, number two, it's going to look for links and it's going to look for images. And so I'm not okay, saying so what, what, what kind of words should we stay away from? Well, like so in the tool that I use, I have spam checkers. And so like I'll run my copy through my scan, my spam checker to look for words. Like when you use words like free, you start saying like numbers. Like I have someone who worked with billion, you know, uh, executives of billion dollar companies. Like you can't even actually use that flout or leverage in an email without potentially increasing your probability of, you know, being filtered. And so it's not like there's this like use one word, you're not going to get through, but it's best practice to avoid as many of these as possible, pick and choose your battles on the words that you're going to use. Um, but they're, they're just like promotional. You can get pushed into the promotional, the promotional folder based on the words that you use. So you'll still get delivered and you'll see that deliverability and you won't see that you're going to spam, but you'll get put in the promotional folder. And so um, that's just kind of, some of the crawling that happens. Yeah, what, what about long form to short form email copy? So, I mean, it, it, there's no right or wrong. Uh, I mean, if you want to use case studies and you want to have, you want to, it, it, so the obviously longer form, but generally speaking, the way I approach it is that'd be my second, my second email and keep the first one short to the point and then a soft call to action. You're not trying to necessarily book appointment there and start dating at that moment, but at least getting them to accept more information. And then you can start pushing to all that. So it's, you gotta think they had 10 other cold emails, 20 other cold emails that they, that they had to click through before they saw yours. And so part of it too, is like pattern disruption in there as well. How can you sound different? What kind of personalization can you include and lucky for us now, there's more tools than ever. There's clay.com. Um, there's all sorts of different ways that you can do it now. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's a matter of not being a templated, um, lost in the sea of fish kind of, um, you know, approach. Yeah. And you mentioned pictures. So like when I, 
when I started learning about email marketing years ago, you know, they I was told to keep more short form, white background, no templates and things like that. Because I know a lot of people, especially women, like to have these templates with all these colors and images and layouts and things like that. But I hear that is that's one way to be put in the spam box, but also it slows down the emails that are being sent as well. What's your take on those? Because you did mention pictures. So I just kind of want to know your take when it comes to creating those fancy templates versus just having, you know, a simple white background. For cold outreach, simple, less, the less that their brain has to process, interact with, engage with, the less time they have to spend computing what it is that they're reading that you sent to their inbox, like just being, um, just being, uh, you know, conscious uh, of those factors because like, once again, um, you're not the only cold emailer and it's just like, I mean, how many cold emails a day do you get or how many cold emails a week do you get, JR? <laughs> well, I, I have, if I look at my email right now, I have over 70,000 unread emails. In my <laughs> so, um, it shows you how much I open up and seek. So yeah. if, if I know if I know who it's coming from, I'll open it up. But like in the, yeah. in the morning when I, I start my my routine and get in the office and stuff like that, I look at the ones that I want to see, and then I just don't even open the other ones, and they just kind of sit there. And then once a year, I'll just go through and I'm like, okay, did I read your email? Delete all and uh, resume them all. From my, <laughs> all so that that's kind yeah. of how I work. But, yeah, but that's the whole thing because, like, the thing about these softwares is there's new deliverability tactics and strategies like matching Microsoft 365 to Microsoft 365, G Suite to G Suite. Um, there's a lot of these different things that you can do. Just like, for example, if you're tracking, um, like, I'll do a lot of campaigns now where I won't track clicks or opens because I'm just looking for, I'm using replies as my main metric. But it's because also those those links that they put in the email in the emails can can be the reason you get filtered into spam. And so my reply rates have actually, they increase when I turn off my my tracking. So just the, the way the spam filters function is evolving right now as well. So it's like less is more almost, just like almost with a funnel when it comes to cold outreach. It's like, it's just like this too. You don't ever want to ask more than one question in a cold email. Yeah. You don't want to ask more than one question in a cold email. So to sticking to one key question now, when you, you mentioned about like keywords and filters that your software does and not to use, talk about money and things like that, but how do you, what, what are some of the best type of call to actions that we can use in a cold email to get them to respond without being put in the spam folders? I mean, there's not like, it's not like the call to action is going to get you put into the spam folder, um, but it's just more like in a first email, it's like a soft call to action, like, like, um, you know, mind if I send you more information about this or um, it, 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 does this interest you? If so, mind if I send you whatever it is that you want to do or whatever your next, you know, step is in, in your process. Um, yeah. It's I mean, there's no like right or wrong, but it's 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 understanding that maybe if I just had my first conversation with you, um, is that necessarily grounds for immediately scheduling a, a time as we know how valuable time is, you know, to meet with you. So you gotta be a little bit of a filtering process first. So it's kind of, um, a little tango. Yeah, that's really cool. So 
I, I want I want the audience to really know more about you, how you can serve them. Like, let's let's talk about who your target audience is and what you're able to do to help serve them. So, who do you like to work with? And let's uh, let's talk about some some of the results and uh, some of the things that you can do to help them make a bigger growth and impact in their business. Um. So, I mean, getting in front of decision makers, it's a different use case, different objectives, like it's not like necessarily always going to be directly an ROI use case for me to get in front of people. Maybe it's partnerships, you know, maybe you have conversations with venture capitalists, maybe, um, you know, you, it's not net. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways to look at cold email outreach. Um, and so, uh, so, so what I'm asking is who do you want to connect with? Who's your idea? Uh, who um, really right now it would be like, uh, SaaS companies that want to get in front of their ideal, uh, user based on their the industry that they serve, the use case that they serve, whatever the functions that they serve. Um, that's kind of a, where I'm really seeing really good potential for me. But really the thing about it is, is anyone can go do cold emailing themselves as well. And so like, Part of what I do is I'll do like these little workshops. I put together a few resources. If anyone ever reaches out to me, more than happy to provide. Um, and so like, this is a process too that anyone can empower themselves with to reach out to hundreds of businesses every day, to, you know, start those conversations that lead to, you know, bigger, better things, whatever it is your goals are. Yeah, that's really cool. And that- you know, I'm I'm a believer in email marketing. You know, I have a pretty substantial list myself that I've I've built over the past like 10, 15 years to to really stay in front of it. And the the thing is, we never know when it's the right time for someone to buy. And yet, the more you stay in front of your audience and stay connected with them, keep sharing with them, like they may not respond to you right away, but when when they are ready, when they need it, you want to be that first person that they think about when it comes to what you have to offer. And uh, that all happens just by being consistent, you know, staying in front of the audience, being consistent, delivering high value. I always tell people, it's like, you have to serve first and ask later. You got to serve your audience with high value content and don't always just be there to ask for that sale. So when we're talking about call to action, your call to action doesn't always have to be saying, hey, buy this, buy me, buy whatever, and you know, give it an offer all the time, but it could be essentially what you just said. Was like, hey, you know what? The call to action could be really simple saying, hey, you know what? I have some free resources that I would love to send you. Can I send it this? Can I send this to you? And that way it delivers. It gives big value, but it just serves them. One thing I appreciate about you and that led us to here today and why I wanted you even on here is, uh, you know, your consistency, even with me, like before me and you ever had a one on one phone call and be able to connect. You were you were messaging me like crazy on social media. You were liking my posts, you were engaging <laughs> with my po- but 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 here's the here's the reality. You were engaging with my content, and it wasn't just engaging with the content. Then you're going to my DMs and say, "Hey, Jared, I just saw this thing, and I thought it would be massive value for you. Go check it out. Let me know what you think." And and you did nothing wanting to like sell me anything. I was like, "Okay, who is this guy?" And to be really frank, you know, I I prejudged you. I was like, "Man, who's this guy with tattoos and piercings all over?" and you know, is he even serious about his business? But you can even ask my wife, you know, she was with me when I got on the call with you. And uh, when we were we were driving to take the, the family somewhere and I was like, man, this guy is like the most genuine, soft hearted, loving, caring individual <laughs> that I met a long time. And I, I, uh, I, I like 
I avoided talking to you for a while just because I was like, I didn't know who this was. I was like, okay, he must be a new marketer that doesn't really know that's just hungry <laughs> for, for new business. But you showed that you had a heart to, to that cared. You showed that you had a heart to want to serve. And, and it's no different when it comes to marketing or email marketing or, or anything like that. People can feel by the words that you put on paper. They can feel your intentions, your emotions, your everything that you want from the expectations by the words on your paper that you put out there. And if it comes across as salesy and pitchy, people want to run. No one wants to be sold to. No one wants to be saying, hey, you know what? Buy this. But people want to, they want value. What can what can you do for me to help me grow? And is there, and you have to do so with expecting nothing in return. And when you do that, they may not buy from you right now, but over time, if you just keep showing up and you keep being consistent, you keep staying in their inbox, you keep you know engaging with their content, their post, or whatever it may be, so that way they can see your true heart is to really serve. They're eventually going to want to come and ask questions, be like, "Hey, you know what? How can you help me?" And it just uh, sometimes it takes patience because we live in a very noisy world and environment right now online with so many people wanting to sell you their marketing stuff. Or do you, are you looking for more clients? Do you have more time on your calendar for more clients? And it's like, okay, you know, screw you. I don't want to talk to you. I mean, I got two or three of those messages in my inbox just today alone. And I'm like, okay, you know what? It started out as a good conversation. And your your second or third response to me saying, can you handle more clients? And I was like, yeah, I can handle more clients. But I know where this is going. And I'm sorry, I'm not interested in talking to you. But when you show up genuinely like you like what you've done with me, and you're just saying, hey, you know what, Jared, have you thought about this? Have you seen the software? Here's some different changes. Hey, here's something in your post that we can do a little bit different. And uh, I, I, I like that stuff because it's like, man, this guy really cares about my growth. He really cares about my success and just wants to serve me. And it's not about, you know, buy my stuff right now because, you know, who knows? It could be one month. It could be three months. It could be six months, 12 months, whatever. There could be a time where I'm saying, hey, you know what, Shane, come come help me with this. And uh, And you're going to be the first person I think about. And that's what you want. You want to be that first person that people think about when it comes to the time that they need those services and uh, just keep showing up and doing what you're doing. All right. How's it? We got about a minute left. What is the best way for people to get in touch with you and wanting to connect if they want to uh, be interested in your services? Um, LinkedIn. However, my, I mean, I, I'll just say, I mean, you can just send me a text message, 801-232-9699. But LinkedIn, generally speaking, Ty Shane, go to Facebook, Ty Shane, and yeah. Very cool. Well, there you go. I want to encourage you guys, if you would like to have some help with your, your email marketing and one different strategy of how you can implement that to grow for your warm or cold audience, give Ty Shane a call. And if you guys would like to connect with our community and show up to our next event, go to blnlive.com, January 18th and 19th in the Washington, D.C. area. You do not want to miss that. So go to blnlive.com, grab your tickets, sign up before November, the end of November and get four months free to our community. Love to see you there if you have any questions. Thank you for listening to the Business Leaders Network Show. J.R. Spear returns Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, 12 p.m. Pacific on the InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, stay committed to your goals and be resilient even through the most difficult times. Showing up every day, giving your best, and having the mental and physical discipline to complete your mission.